one of the things that I loved the most about them was that their music wasn't just aggression and rage and hate and and anti-establishmentarianism and all those kinds of things. It was, but they were damn good writers. That was the voice of the amazing Lisa de Betancourt. Uh, what can I say about Lisa? Lisa is amazing. Uh, Lisa has not only uh, had a long career leading design uh, in-house uh, and with her own company, Forge Harmonic, Lisa is an author. Lisa's a professor. Lisa is one of the co-founders of the Interaction Design Association. Lisa is simply just rad. And this conversation today is... Uh, one of my favorites, uh, because we not only talk and hint about a, a few of those things, but we talk about the really, really important stuff, which is Lisa loves Metallica. And uh, she plays the drums. We talk about uh, parenting, all these types of things. And it was a lovely, lovely conversation. We gathered here, actually, at my house. Uh, Lisa only lives about two hours away, and she managed to come up. We had some lunch. We recorded this podcast uh, and then we went outside and picked some pears off the tree. It was fantastic. I'm so excited to share this with you and to chat about uh, Metallica, amongst other things, uh, with our dear friend Lisa. For those of you enrolled in Chief Design Officer School, you're doing amazing. I'm so impressed every time we go through these cohorts and these lessons. You teach me so much, and it really is important to say that you are doing fantastic, fantastic work. And for those involved in the Second Wave Dive community, again, the way that you are coming and supporting each other, really supporting your peers, supporting each other, being quite vulnerable and sharing what you are going through and the types of progress and updates that you are sharing is so helpful to us all. We are really, really appreciative of that. We've got some exciting announcements coming up pretty soon about some new courses, some different varieties of courses. And if you're subscribed to the Second Wave Dive newsletter, you will hear about that first. But enough talking about me and all that stuff. On to my lovely conversation with Lisa Betancourt. I, I, I think this is the first time I've seen a human... <laughs> like I don't, that you're not related to that I'm not related to, or it isn't my neighbor in um, a right. long time. Uh, in person, because we are in person. We are in person. We're we're in we're in side by side rooms, but yeah, it's been a wonderful. I got to have lunch. Uh, we actually got to meet we for the first to, time. Yeah, yeah, we actually got to meet for the first time, which was super exciting. Yeah, um, and we're relatively close. Like I could just come down and it's almost mm -hmm. like a commute uh it's not that mm -hmm. bad uh it, was, it wasn't that bad coming here today it wasn't that bad at all yeah uh I, I i imagine that we'll talk about your playlist uh too at some point but yes, i was absolutely i was thinking about it because we've we've known each other for a few years uh i i certainly have known who you are for a long time just because that's how the internet works and all these things um, in our little industry where everyone knows everyone, especially if you've been around for a minute. That's right. If you're, which both of us have been around right. for a minute or two, we're like getting into boomer kind of territory of yeah. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was trying to think that we've known each other for a while. It's most, it's all been virtual. It's all been online. Um, 
I have no idea how we actually met and connected because we're part of social media stuff, but then we have really amazing people that we're friends with in common, like Maria and Mm -hmm. Ariba. And I was racking my brain going, where did we actually meet? Do you, do you know how we met and started talking to each other like one-on-one? Do you remember? I have absolutely no idea, (laughs) but I do recall our first zoom. Oh, you do call. What happened in our first zoom call? I think I think I was asking you questions about some of the stuff that you do around strategy. It was early mm. second wave dive mm. days. It was early days for my business. Right. Um, and I think you probably had said something in some particular <laughs> Slack <laughs> channel somewhere because we have so many in common. And I think I think it started with that. And I don't know if you were like, hey, if anyone wants to talk about this. Let's talk. I don't know if Jason Masut was in the mix there too. Maybe. You know, we I feel like he was. Yeah, we know. Um, yeah, Jason's another great connection. Uh I had only I've only known him virtually. I've never met Jason in person. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, same. But yeah, somewhere along the way, we we sort of diverged. Um we were started chatting because I, I think while most of our friends have kind of graduated into the coaching or consulting realm, we were like, yeah. no, small business. <laughs> like, I'm going to go do something else. Right. We're going to hire people and have, yeah. Right. Going yeah. to be a boss and think about like LLCs versus S-Corps. And like estimated taxes and all that stuff. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. another podcast episode of Really making is. decisions based on what you think your estimated taxes might be. <laughs> but when yeah. we, it's been fun. When we started chatting, uh, most of our interactions now we, we do chat one-on-one a lot. I would say mm-hmm. that you're, you're probably one of the people that I talk to most around this unique area of really being a small business owner and taking work that way. And we do have these great, little groups of friends that we, we meet with on, on, you know, like a biweekly basis, but somewhere along the way, we started talking about a, um, an affinity and a love affair of heavy metal. Yes. Yes, we sure did. And I don't know how that started, but I think you used like an emoji of, you know, horns or something like this. And yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, you know, it's sort of been a coming out story for me for the past, over the past five or so years. So it could have been that I just started putting myself out there, my true me out there a lot more. Mm. And so folks that have also that same love, interest, experience, right, in their formative years have been attracted to that. And, you know, I've met a lot of other folks, other designers, design leaders or whatever have sort of like poked their head out of the, out of the shrubs. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, hello. <laughs> Someone else like me, let's talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. So it could have been something like that, but I've been gradually sharing more of that um, part of me more right. publicly. So, I mean, we're going to talk about heavy metal today. Let's do it. All right. Cause that's, 
yeah, that's I, I totally just want to go and spend a lot of time talking about that. Um, now, I, I, I know how I got into heavy metal and it wasn't, it was because of a neighbor. Um, I, I, we can talk about that story, but I'm very curious of how you got introduced to like heavy metal as a concept, as a genre. Um, mm-hmm. How did that come to be? I remember the day <laughs> vividly, right? Uh, it was just because it's so, it's such a powerful it's such a powerful experience. Um, middle school bus. <laughs> Brian Dow gets on the bus with his giant blue box. Box <laughs> over the shoulder, rocking Master of Puppets. Oh my god! And my best friend Zoe and I were like looking at each other, going what is that? Mm-hmm. And I want more of it. Mm-hmm. And it was day after day after day of that. And, you know, then we migrated to the back of the bus with all the cool kids where and the we're boom like, box was. where the boom box was right as far away from the driver as possible so that you didn't get yelled at. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then just more, more music just came out more, um, more, more artists showed up right. and more, but it was predominantly Metallica at the time. Right. So interesting. I got, um, so I had the bus experience, but maybe this was like, cause I grew up in New Jersey. It was quiet riot and twisted sister. Yeah. And I think beastie boys, like those were the three. It was all I the, have some, some great beastie boys stories, right? Yeah. The sort of same year, early MTV, but at the same time, uh, we had recently moved from Arizona to New Jersey. So I, I predominantly grew up in New Jersey. And the house that I lived next to, there were three boys, all of whom were older. But the youngest of those boys was uh, two years older than I. And so it was yeah. around fourth grade when, fourth, fifth grade, when people were bringing boomboxes on. But my neighbor, Dave, Dave Parker, amazing uh, played video games. And I was like, I'm all about video games. And I walked into his house and he was playing Megadeth. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah. This like, this yeah. is not what's playing in my house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I can hear dun dun and then I can hear the Megadeth song right now right. in my head too. Yeah. Right. So peace sells and who's buying. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I um now I wasn't allowed to like I didn't really tell my parents that this is like secretly why I was going over to Dave Parker's house. It, it just like literally a driveway away. Um Yeah. Were your parents cool with you listening to the the metal? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, cuz that was back in the day of the of the um you know, the record, you'd get the record player right. that had the two tapes built in, mm-hmm. right? So you could record tape, you could do tape to tape recording, or you yep. could do record to a tape recording, and then you could make mixtapes and you could stick it in your Walkman and you can listen to, yep. you know, this whole co- collection of music on various road trips or the bus or whatever, right. never, you know, um, or share or whatever. And uh, 
the more that I started to play that on my record player, well, you know, we'd go down to the Strawberries record store and spend half the day picking out the one album that we could afford and bring that home. And when we, when I started to do that and they started to hear it, they were not happy at all. Cause like my parents were like eight track, you know, yeah. in the living room, listening to the Carpenters who mm. I also loved. Right. I love the Carpenters. Right. Um, some, some of the most beautiful music, but that was a stark contrast to the kinds of things that I was listening to in my room down the hall, which we had a tiny little house and wasn't too far away for them to be like, uh, turn it down. I mean, those, right. you know, you think about those, you talked about MTV earlier, but the music videos where it's the, there's the, the classic parent, like shut it down, you know, turn it right. down, shut it off. <laughs> I mean, that was totally my parents. Um, I kind of did it in secret, uh, like the Walkman and, uh, would take those cassettes that somebody had given me that I didn't really like and put tape over. Right. Cause you could re-record over. You could, you could, yeah. Like the tab would pop on. So you'd put some tape over it. So you put some tape over it and you could re-record. Um, right. right. Sony probably didn't like that very much, but I would then borrow tapes from my neighbor dave parker and make yeah. my own mixtapes and then just kind of quietly in my room listen because we yeah. didn't we didn't we were not a house that had like big speakers and uh whatnot i i introduced yeah. that later but uh so yeah yeah it's funny because my you talk about your next door neighbor but my so my i mentioned my best friend zoe and her dad was a musician and we would go over there all the time too. Mm. And she had the, you know, she had the same sort of setup as I did. And we would just spend the day. We'd get an album. Oh yeah. You know, and you'd just spend the day listening to the whole album over and over and over again until you knew it by heart. Right. You knew the lyrics, you knew the melody, you knew the bass line, you knew all of it. And were you also watching MTV? Like were you still were you doing that as well? Like was Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we we were come home from school and, you know, we we watched tons of MTV. I mean, Headbangers Ball, man, Saturday night, Headbangers Ball, we were watching it. And right. and I'd be at her house, she'd be at my house, depending on whose parents were in a better mood. We would get to stay up and watch it because it started really late. It started like 11. Yeah, or it started 11. Um, and I would stay up late and I was usually the only person like still awake at that point, but I would just stay yeah. downstairs, especially during the summer. The summer was when my parents would get a little more relaxed around when I needed to be at asleep right. or whatnot. But, uh, I can remember just being downstairs in our little TV room and mm -hmm. waiting for 11 o'clock to, to come on. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. did you, so you were listening at home. Yeah. Learning the lyrics. Yeah. Did you start going to shows at this time too? Oh, I have a great story on that. Um, so yeah. So, so one other thing too is as more of this kind of music sort of came into my life and I started expanding and learning and, 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 and playing different artists, you know, the posters, right. The whole poster thing on my walls <laughs> was like no more, you know, uh, no more Michael Jackson, mm -hmm. no more whatever, you know, popular Cindy Lauper. Uh, yeah. I wasn't really a Cindy Lauper no. fan, but it was more like, um, Kirk Cameron and like all these oh. like boy actors <laughs> and like all that stuff. Right. When you're, when Teen. I'm like 10, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like 10, 11 to Metallica, I big Metallica posters, Iron Maiden, Anthrax, Lita Ford, 
Um, wow. I can't even think of some of the other ones. Megadeth was definitely up there. And instead of listen, like instead of buying those teeny bop magazines, I was buying. God, I remember the name of that one magazine that we all would we would all read. Um, I don't know it either. I wasn't allowed to buy any of that stuff. I didn't. Oh. I didn't have posters on my walls. Like, yeah, I I, I kind of I grew up in a space pictures. where I was not not really allowed. I snuck a poster on the back of my bedroom door. And I had it up for a while before, like anybody yeah. saw it. But yeah, no, I it, everything testing it out. Yeah, everything was all <laughs> like in secret, under cover. Yeah. Did you? Um, so we, you went to a show. Yeah. So went to the Monsters of Rock show. I think it was my first concert wow. ever. Metallica was playing. Um. I believe it was Monsters Rock. I have the ticket still uh, from it. It was March 19th, 1989, March oh 16th, gosh. 1989, something like that. Um, Worcester Centrum and went to see Metallica. Maybe it wasn't Monsters Rock. I think it was just Metallica. Um, went with my boyfriend at the time. Wow. Right. And a couple of other friends. And uh, Metallica finished playing. They were, of course, epic. Right. And it was just like, at that age, you're so impressionable. And it's like, you just, you just feel the energy and everything is just, oh, and they never, so they never have a bad show. No. They never have a bad show. No, 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 they don't. Um, and so I had to go to the bathroom. And so Metallica, I was like, waited, right. And Metallica was finished playing. So I finally, my, my boyfriend at the time, um, we go and try to find the bathroom and somehow we managed to make our way and wind up outside of the Worcester Centrum mm. and, and like behind, like outside of the, like the, you know, the general area and, and in the back area where you're not supposed to go. Right. Just trying to figure out how to get our, either we were trying to find it or trying to find our way back. I can't remember. And I'll never forget we're walking in this little white minivan. Like, I mean, this is the eight or late eighties, right? So right. minivan is, you know, very minivan different. is the different yeah <laughs> yeah um is kind of was there it was like just sitting there and we look over and it's lars and kirk sitting in in the thing and i like froze i just my my legs stopped working i couldn't <laughs> right i couldn't move and um and i was like oh my god that's <laughs> <laughs> that's them um, and so my boyfriend grabbed me and was like, let's go, let's go over and meet them. I'm like, oh, blah, 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 blah. like I can't. And he grabbed, he grabbed my, he grabbed my hand and he just walked us over and was like, Hey guys, what's up? You know, can we get some autographs? And he had his jean jacket signed and I wow. had like this pink bandana around my waist as a belt. Cause that's what you did in the eighties. Right. And, uh, I, I was like, I don't have anything to sign, you know, like what I, I'm wearing a black t-shirt. That's not going to, I'm wearing a black Metallica t-shirt. That's not going to be, right. you're not going to get that signed. So I remember that I had this thing around my waist. So I untied it, took it off and they signed, they wow. signed my bandana. What? So amazing. And, so and I think, funny. you know, at the time they were what, in their mid twenties. Oh yeah. You know, like I think we forget, but at the time I, I think a lot of my experiences with bands before, like they were famous, but not like famous. Right. And they were just, that they were just, they were just on the, on the up, like they were just right. starting to climb. And, really. and, but they were still like totally approachable and 
Sure, pretty, if you say so. Back. I was just yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, my heroes now. Right. Um and and I, you know, I was a big Lars fan. I still am because I'm a big drumming fan and uh, do you drum? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh. I started it was my dream to play the drums since I was little and uh finally started. Oh my gosh. Year. Yeah. That's amazing. Started. My yeah. six year old. Um all she wants to do is sing and play the drums. Good for her. And she's like also uh, the th- the third child. So she's like, nobody's going to get in my way. <laughs> you know, just this like, yep. Uh, no, I'm going to write the rules. I'm going to sing and I'm going to play the drums. And that's it. And Good for her. yeah, yeah. Good so, for her. so now you're playing the drums. Yeah. So my similar, so my oldest, a bunch of years ago, you know, there's a big band culture in the town that we're in Mm. and my oldest, they, um, get to a certain age, I think it was fifth or sixth grade and they get to choose, um, what instrument they want to play. And it's no longer just violin or flute. They have a lot more options. And so percussion was one of them and he wanted to do that really badly and to buy just a simple snare drum and like a bell, you know, the bell kit or whatever is like hundreds of dollars. Right. So I called up a friend of mine who's um, who's been a musician for as long as, well, definitely longer than I've known him, but pretty much most of his life. I'm like, can you help me out? Because I want to buy a kit. I'm not just going to, why would I spend all this money on a brand new thing that he's going to use for a year, maybe two, mm. when I can buy a whole kit? And so he helped me on Craigslist get a used kit. He's like, go see this one, go see this one, and go see this one. Nice. I think these are, ask these questions, look for this stuff. And then, you know, decide. And so I, I did. And, um, he helped me find, he helped me find a great, you know, it's not huge. It's a, uh, five, one, two, three, four, five piece kit. Wow. Um, yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. So he played and then my, uh, I have three boys. So then my, my second, same thing, my second, you know, up through the school system and he did the same thing. And now, um, my youngest is next and and they all just they all hammer on it they all they all play and my youngest just like puts on music and just rocks out he has no idea what he's doing but oh my he's having a blast that's yeah. amazing yeah and but it's always a, been my dream right and such a different house than what you grew up in <laughs> oh yeah 100 percent 100 percent yeah turn it down meanwhile i'm in the basement i'm like okay guys <laughs> if you want to go outside or you want to go somewhere else now would be the time right. at least it's gonna get loud at least you yeah, carry a beat um yeah, yeah. To, the, to the children yeah. uh wow what an amazing experience do you still have the bandana i've been looking for it so as you know as like i said i'm sort of emerging my old me is emerging and some of these things started to come back out right it's like oh where's that bandana it's got to be somewhere so i'm i'm on a mission over the next year or so to find it um but yeah it's got to be around somewhere it's got to be around yeah it's, it's somewhere around somewhere probably with, with my Kirk, luck it ended the, up in the wash but yeah or with the kirk you know. cameron poster rolled up somewhere oh yeah i don't know if i <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Um, <laughs> I said it on fire. So, no. like, um, I, I don't yeah. Know. So, just for the concerts, yeah. So that was the first, and then it just continued from there. Because once people, especially in high school or junior, junior, that was high school. Um, p- 
people, they, we find each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there was a huge, you know, cohort of kids that were all in this, in this mindset. That's, uh, that's actually what I wanted to talk about because where I grew up, New Jersey, not far from Massachusetts, I imagine it was similar is that I grew up and they were like different packs of kids, like the prep kids wearing the bass loafers, uh, the sort of athletes. And then there was a very specific nickname given to people who listened to metal music, wore all black, probably because they smoked. Stoners? Uh, stoners. They were called stoners yeah. in our, so we in call like them, our town. We call them burnouts. Oh, but yeah. yeah, like we heard of stoners. I, uh, I actually went on a trip with kids from Boston when my freshman year of high school. And that's where I got introduced to the, the oh, stoner. Like, yeah. Let's talk about some of the misunderstandings. <laughs> right, right. Let's talk about some of those, some of those things. Um, right. Because suddenly people like metal music, uh, people who don't total yeah. misconceptions, like, you know, Oh, it's just aggression. It's just anger. Yeah. But like, if you actually look at the lyrics, it's like, oh my gosh, no, it is complete yeah. suffering and pain and shame and like all these other things. So were yeah. you then in one of these groups that were like, people would be wary of you? Like what, what was it like to be part of one of these groups? Yeah. So, so I grew up in Southern New Hampshire um, and, you know, a small town and I, um, was pretty creative. I was a the yearbook photographer, mm, you mm -hmm. know, and, and had a whole big creative side of it. Um, I was one of those kids with the dressed in full black jean jacket, leather jacket, giant hair. I don't know how I don't have lung cancer from the Aquanet that I, you know, would the bathe claw? myself in. Did you have the you claw? Know, I didn't, I didn't have that. <laughs> no, but I had the perms and the giant hair, um, big hoop earrings. And, and yet I was in, um, I was kind of in all the advanced STEM classes, right? They didn't yeah. have anything called STEM back then, but I was in calculus, you know, in my senior year, I took trig, I took chemistry, advanced chemistry, biology, physics, all those kinds of things, right? I yeah. was really, I was a big nerd, yeah, yeah, big nerd and a wicked metalhead. And, and a lot of times it was really awkward because people don't know what to do with you when you span these two different, th these dichotomies, right? It's like, yeah. not just you know, not just you like something that's sort of tangential to that kind of music, but I was just, uh, I was just a, an anomaly. So I'd walk in, you know, to a class at the beginning of the year looking like I did. And there was just all these kind of assumptions from, mm. from the teachers and I'd sit in the back of the classroom and then I get straight A's and they didn't know what to do with me. Yeah. Um, I and imagine they, the kids you know, didn't either, you know, that no. And yeah. I, I was friends with a lot of the really smart, you know, national honor society. And I was in debate club. I mean, like right. I was, I would ride, like I was, I was in math club too. We would get on buses and we'd go to other yeah. schools and compete in with math, like in math. Yeah. I mean, how nerdy is that? I mean, I'd be fully I was in choir. decked out in my, yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> I was in a touring choir. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So that, that strange experience of, um, Floating between groups that uh, others want to define, mm -hmm. how did that affect like you and your own ident identity and your it's, place? Yeah. 
it's it's really funny and i want to come back to the lyrics and the and the yeah. misconceptions on that side of it too pretty soon but um i i was actually just having a conversation with my son about this the other day mm. oddly enough he's 15 he was at the age when i started to really get into it with the music and the scene and the you know we had battles of the bands and we had all kinds of stuff going on mm. not just like you know not just going to concerts but it was it was so local and cultural and there were so many kids that were into music and playing and whatever um, so I, you know, I definitely had, uh, people assume that I was heavy into drugs and heavy into, you know, all the things and I wasn't at all. Mm. And so I think it took a little while for some folks that were in some people that were in some of the, um, these classes that I were in to, to get to know me, but, but, you know, I floated between a lot of the different groups and really just loved loved being in those different environments and mm. learning what they did and chatting with them about the things that were interesting to them. And, and I kind of felt like a chameleon a lot of times. Yeah. 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 Because I could shape shift into these different groups. Um, and really just, I just loved it. Mm. Yeah, I just loved it. And I, and I wasn't like, I wasn't an angry, you know, lonely teen. Right. Um, it just so happened that there was a particular cross section of us that had this kind of music and this kind of shared experience together. Right. And it spoke to you and you identified with that as much as you identified with AP Calc. Yeah. Uh, and wanting to go to college and wanting right. to get out of that small town and make something of myself. Right. And, right. You know, be successful. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. The gosh, there's, there's so many parallels of, Similar things. Um, yeah. That, I mean, we've talked about this before, but of uh, even professional life of like not fitting into any one group mm -hmm. and some people embracing that and some people rejecting, mm -hmm. rejecting that. Mm -hmm. And when I, you, you want to go back to lyrics of like metal, if, I mean, if you're talking about master of puppets. Yeah. You look at those lyrics and it is uh, completely around internal battles with oneself. Addiction. Uh, addiction. Uh, yeah, so definitely about drugs, but it's it's not about the, the sort of glorification, but how mm -hmm. it was this journey where you could you could sort of see and feel the sadness and the pain. Yeah that James is going through, um, yeah. just really fast. <laughs> so, you know, you had earlier, you had mentioned, uh, you had, had mentioned a lot of things around aggression. People assume that it's about aggression and rage and, 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 um, you know, think about the rage against the machine lyrics, like the literal chorus is fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. Right. 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 There is definitely, there is definitely a lot of that, but, you know, one of the things that Metallica is my all-time favorite band mm -hmm. and it sounds so cliche, but it's, it, it's true. Uh, and one of the things that I loved the most about them was that their music wasn't just aggression and rage and hate and, and anti-establishmentarianism and all those kinds of things. It was, but they were damn good writers. Amazing. And all of their songs had a message of some kind, whether it was against, you know, the Injustice for All album was all about the, you know, the, the 
unfairness in the judicial system and all those kinds of things. The there's a lot of songs around what were happen what was happening in the Middle East and the wars yep. that we were sent off to and yep, yep. experiences of soldiers um, that were sent off to war and how they were how they were treated when they were there and how they were treated when they came back and right. You know, a lot of their, uh, they're very, very political. Totally. And, and, and if you sat and listened to the lyrics and read the lyrics, you would start to get a picture of the kinds of things that they were rallying against and the kinds of messages that they were trying to convey um, and the kinds of teaching that they were trying to put out there. Right. Which, which was is, amazing. Which is amazing. And, um, very ironical in the sense of how people then will use their their music now to like support something that they were mm -hmm. not you know they were writing like against the entire opposite of that i think yeah. uh like d snyder was mentioning that like you're playing my songs mm -hmm. uh this these songs were like totally anti-establishment i'm half jewish like do you even yeah. understand right these right. types of things. And I mean, um, Rage Against the Machine is literally, uh, yeah, I mean, right. It's, it's so, so politically charged. Right. And, and, and it uh, was, and it was, it was just covered by the, the, it's, it's almost like this secret, it's almost like a Trojan horse because the folks in our next, you know, the, the, the generation before us would never listen to it. They wouldn't listen to the lyrics. They wouldn't right. listen to it because it was just metal and it was against, you know, it was against their sort of, beliefs and whatever they wouldn't listen to it and right. yet here's these secret messages that are getting you know right played out to all the folks of our age that were really really into it and, and getting a picture of how corrupt the systems are right. and how people are just bought off left right and center and not to believe what people say and a lot of these kinds of things where you're like oh actually the real world is kind of awful you know, and I think, and you have to get ready for that, right? Right, and and I think that's actually where Headbangers Ball came in because Headbangers Ball, you would see, like these, you know, them come on and they would talk, mm -hmm. not play at the aggressive levels, and when you would hear them just as humans, and the conversations that the the hosts would then have around the music, it was like. Oh my gosh, they're philosophers. They're like yeah. poets. Yes, they're artists. They're artists. Yeah. Um, they just black and long hair is like their preferred medium. Uh, uh, these types of things, and I think one of the things that I struggled with as a kid, being that I didn't belong to any group, but yet I could easily just walk into any group, was not knowing where to fit, and so I would sit and watch music. And fall in love with not just metal, like all these genres. It was all this, mm. like just pure expression and it would almost go in and out. But then watching Headbangers Ball and more for the conversations of, you yeah. know, we got the music, but for these conversations of where you go, they're, they're saying the same things that are in my head of being like, I don't really know my place. And this is the only outlet for me to kind of go and find a place uh, that really, really resonated with me. But I was still very in the closet. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't even wear black, but I would, you know, like, <laughs> it was later that I discovered that. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a uniform for us, right? Right. It was like, especially in high school, where you're like, right? Yeah, he dressed the part. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that music was also fundamental to when I became older, so post college, where when I would just work, like just sit in front of a computer and just mm. work. I would put cans on and just, you know, for six to eight hours straight. And it was the only music that could kind of like get me into this place where I could really yeah. kind of balance this sort of cognitive stuff that I was trying to do while still um, having that creative thing. How has the music continued to play a role for you? Yeah. Well, I mentioned a couple of times my <laughs> my coming out. Um, you know, college was interesting because, you know, I went to a nerd school, so there wasn't there were fewer of us that I could really find. I also got into a lot of electronic music. Mm -hmm. I was I danced a lot, you know, when I was really little, and so I'd also that was another thread that was throughout my life, so I spent a lot of times going to techno house, you know, electronic music clubs. I swear we have the same life. My first are we, job are we twins? Were my we like, my we first job for... out of university was um, as an event coordinator for a, a record label, trance record label. I would set up raves and make sure that Armin van Helden showed up and that the lighting was working, and then DJ Gene and DJ George. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh we gosh. had a blast. We had a blast. And um, and then I'd go to see, you know, Testament at the whatever that was, you know, the Rochester blah, blah, blah. And with a couple of neighbors that just happened to be in that music as well. Right. Um, we, you know, my next door neighbors are like, hey, random day. Like, <laughs> we have an extra ticket to a Megadeth concert in at the Rochester whatever it was. Do you want to come? I was like, yes, I do. Hell yes. <laughs> so yes. I didn't even know these guys. I mean, like literally just moved in or something. Right. That was not you know, thankfully we're still really good, still friends, but, um, you never know. Right. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, so, so college was interesting. I sort of blended and, and got some different kinds of music into my repertoire and started listening to other things, but the electronic music was, that's my go-to when I need to do something that has mm. any kind of mm -hmm. brain power. Cause I can't have lyrics playing. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then it's interesting. You talked about working, you know, coming out of school and started working for the first time. I just had this really powerful desire or need, or I don't know what the right word is, but I really wanted to, I wanted to fit in. I wanted to, I wanted to do what I could to make it in the, in the working world. And yeah. so I started yeah. to hide that side of me a lot more. Mm -hmm. and repressed it and cut my hair short and wore the khaki pants and I just really put that away and shoved it you know shoved it under the bed or wherever wherever mm -hmm. it needed to go and tried to keep that out of the forefront of my life because I wanted I wanted to be recognized for my accomplishments and my capabilities and all those kinds of things and mm. and I felt like that was going to uh, put people off especially in the corporate world everyone's so just they're just right. so, you know, they're so straight laced and it just felt like it wasn't the right place for it. Yeah. They're so afraid. Mm -hmm. They're so, you know, and gosh, it, uh, it resonates so much because it was this like battle of wanting to be validated at the same time of like, um, 
uh, of like a fear of being validated for the wrong thing, you yeah. know? And, yeah. oh, you're you a know, weirdo. why yeah. can't I also, why can't I be wicked smart and wear this and do that? And yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that really, really resonates. So you didn't, you hit it. You, you, yeah. would you go home and listen to it? Would you just, or did you just like exit it from your life for a while? You know, I think that there was a few things happening at the same time where that kind of music started to, uh, I think it started to recede in the general popular culture, right? So we started getting a lot more hip hop and we started getting a lot more crossovers like, you know, Run DMC and and Aerosmith. And we had a Mm -hmm. lot of those kinds of things where it was starting to, to get a little bit, the music scene was changing and, and the metal scene was starting to slow down and there weren't as many great amazing new bands Mm. people were starting people were getting really pissed off at a lot of these big headliners for selling out quote unquote selling out right right? the black album and yeah exactly um and you know the concerts were changing the concert lineups were changing i just had this flashback of the red hot chili peppers playing at the at great woods down in in um where is it? Foxborough stadium. Mm. And like they were people in the stands were ripping off. They were taking wood off the fence and they, they were like, they were making bonfires and like, it was crazy. Things were just getting out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the, the lineups were changing and the music, it was just the music scene was changing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that I, I would, I would, you know, I was listening to it still, but I wasn't really, I had lost touch with my core group of friends where we'd all share and like, have you heard this one? And I just, I found this other band and mm. I went to this shady little club and I discovered this new music and I got a tape at the, you know, the table on the way out kind of thing. And so that kind of stuff was not really around. And so you just kind of lose touch yeah, and it's yeah, not yeah. like you can just turn on the radio and like, there's, you know, there's yeah. the new music. You had to go hi- find it and seek it out and track it down and be with other people that were in the scene and, Mm. going to these, going to the shows and what have you. So, so it was always kind of, it it was there, but it was like, you know, it was, it was a way it wasn't really, it wasn't really there for me. Yeah. And if I, and if I did go back to it, it was always like a history lesson. It was like, Oh, I would go back to the music that I used to listen to. Right. Right. And then it just got further and further and further pushed away. Did it um, ever come back? Was there ever a moment where like something new came out or some, whatever, uh, uh, evolved model of what it was, you know, three generations Mm. later or whatever, where something came on and you went, Whoa, this feeling again. Yeah. I wish I could say, I know that there was, I feel like there was, but I really don't remember like a specific moment where Mm. I just started. I just, you know, I don't know if it was like, I found a CD in my car in the trunk or something. It was like, Oh, I remember this, Mm. you know, I remember this Iron Maiden, you know, album or, or CD or whatever. Um, it, it was pretty infrequent and it was kind of those kinds of things like, Oh, I just, I'm in the mood, yeah. right. Yeah, I'm yeah. in the mood for this kind of like chest pounding double bass, you know, ear splitting music. Oh, I remember this one time <laughs> talking about ear splitting music. I worked at Bose for six years and like talk about being around audiophiles all the time. And, and the variety of music that they played was just incredible. Um, and there were a few folks that I would connect with that had that same kind of the same kind of interest level that I did, but you know, still never the same as it was when we were little, or little younger, 
I feel so old. Um, <laughs> coming into work one day, I was in one of those moods and I had something blaring. It was probably Metallica because that's usually my go-to. And it was on, I don't know, the top of the, you know. 11. The, it was on 11. <laughs> I'm driving through the, I'm driving through the parking lot um, and I park and I get out, so, you know, turn the car off, get out. And there's a, there's a sound engineer standing there behind my car waiting for me waiting for me to get out of my car. And I literally got the finger waving, the finger wagging, like, don't you know what you're doing to your eardrums? Talk. I got a talking to. Wow. And it was the funniest thing because I was what, 20? I was in my late 20s at the time, um, mid to late 20s. And I'm just like, but it feels so good. Right, right, right. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, so so I listened to some loud music for a, for a you know, 30 minute drive. Right. It's, it's fine. And he was just chastising me for, for good. listening to it so loud. And, and I'm like, but I'm in such a good mood now. And yeah. you, you yelling at me doesn't even phase me right now. You know? Yeah. I can it's think like, of just... driving is the only way for a long time was to like remain calm was to have loud music on. Yeah. Uh, uh you know, uh, not being annoyed by, other drivers, um, yep. especially in Los Angeles in the early 2000s when I was there. I was like, mm -hmm. what, what is going on? <laughs> I have to. But yeah. the, you know, the, the moments of, of coming back and going to these history lessons, I, there's a little bit of a story that, that I, um, I lost a lot of the bat and then the Mars Volta came out. And I remember listening to the Mars Volta and obviously different, a different genre. If you've ever mm. heard of the, at the drive end, that was their first little thing. This is the band that Beto uh, used to be in a band with like in El Paso, Texas. Oh, that everybody was all hung up about because he smoked dope once. And um, this was like the bandmates that evolved into this other band called the Mars Volta. Okay. And when I heard that, it reminded me so much of Metallica because Metallica, what most people don't know, is there are all these other moments within a lot of their songs that it takes a break from that, mm -hmm. right? Melodic it takes a, and such right and, and beautiful, wonderful music. Music. I mean, they are incredible shit, right? musicians. Yeah, right, really and beautiful. these breaks, mm -hmm. and that's a lot of the. When I think of Metallica, I think of the arrangements of mm -hmm. music. And how that like hit in all parts, and mm -hmm. uh, so the more yeah, like, Volta, I, you know, yeah. I'd be like, I, I'm in the mood for the third song on this album today, right. and that's it, just that one. I don't right. want to listen to like Call of Cthulhu or like some of these other ones that are like going to take me on a journey into outer space, and I just calm me down. It's like I want, you know, I want right. this, or maybe I'm in the mood for that, right, you know, right, that kind of music. But it, um, so like thinking of that and getting it too, but then there was this point you mentioned khakis. So terrifying. Yes, I know. Do, do, I haven't, I, worn we any talked since, about, <laughs> but we talked about how, um, you know, I worked in tech, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, in, I think it was 2012 or 2013 ish that I went to Salesforce's big mega conference called Dreamforce, and the headliner yeah. was Metallica. I have told that story to so many of my friends that you've shared with me. And it just, the picture of it is, go ahead. It's just well, incredible. First I did like a total metal move. 
which was they Get weren't the front row. They weren't letting anybody else in. So like the official door, they weren't letting us in. But it was a uh, it's the Mesconi Center. It's like an auditorium. So there's like bunches of doors. So I was just like, <laughs> uh, you know, I was just like, ah, oh, dang it, you know, like the two, you know, two like not even. Uh, security guards, security yeah. guards they're blocking the entrance and they're like sorry we can't let anybody else in so i just wander down to the like other down the hall and i'm pretending i'm on my phone and as soon as somebody walks out i'm like you know like mm-hmm. straight in through the back mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. like hey and i just blend disappear just disappear crowd yeah and so i was like rad they haven't started yet i'm here um and then, but can we just this, take a moment? Can we just take a moment before you continue on your story? The the juxtaposition. Yes. Can we can we talk about this? That's exactly what I'm getting to. Juxtaposition. Oh, okay. All right. No, no, no. But not uh, just at the very highest level. The juxtaposition of having a Salesforce, you know, Dreamforce concert. And having Metallica play at said concert is like, it broke yes. my brain. Right. I uh, So I was there in real time. Brain breaking. Broken. Yeah. broken brain because there are literally thousands of khakis and blue shirts. Just thousands. I don't get it. <laughs> and I'm going... Uh, this is everything that those lyrics like before they even come on. This is everything their lyrics are against. And for all of that time that, you know, Lars especially was talking about the man and then Napster mm-hmm. and all, mm-hmm. like we, we hold mm-hmm. this and, but also being an adult and going like, and like, are you going to refuse that money? Like, Kind of holding those all at the same right. time. Because they you, got called out in the 90s for yes. selling out and MTV and all that stuff. Yes. And, and it's like you have this – they had this great opportunity to to grow and be more of a well-known band. Right. And yet to get there yeah, required some compromises. Right. And right. it was against some of the things that they had said. But anyways, yeah. that Which was is a, adulting. a tangent. But so, the, adulting, of course, sure. the music was – it's a live performance there – they're lights out. They're just, I don't know that there is a more prepared band in terms of Mm -hmm. like, they sound better live and they do not miss like a note, a beat. They are just, so Mm -hmm. all of that was fine, but it's literally blue shirts, devil horns. And I'm just, I wasn't in the front. I was doing my best to kind of only listen to the music. And then at the same time, and forget where you were, like just try to not and, realize, and like, just going like where you were. It was making me rethink like my life. Like <laughs> where have I gotten to <laughs> that this is where I am? And that, in the whole time, I'm seeing Metallica. And yeah. the whole time, I'm looking at James to see if there's any anything in his face of going mm. like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but do you know how they got it hooked up? Then this this tells you even more of how how ironic how they it got is. the gig how yeah. they got the gig. Yeah. Lars is neighbors with Mark Benioff, the the CEO. Oh, <laughs> so I was just like up. walking the dog. 
What, what, get in the do mail. You play? <laughs> get in the mail. <laughs> hey, so we have this. We have this event every year. We have this conference every right. year. Do you want to? Oh my goodness! Could you? And, and and like right before this, Benioff was like doing the luau with like some famous. I mean, it was just. Uh, it was at this point, I think, really, that I was like, I'm, I'm not made out for this part of it. I am, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not made out. I know 100% I'm never moving to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Like, because this is, this is like, I just can't be part of it. But mm-hmm. fantastic show. Like, good. Just from well, good. a music perspective, like, good. fantastic. Good, good, good. What are you listening to these days? Um, so like I had said, you know, kind of on that same, on that, that earlier trajectory about like the music staying with me and how I'd repressed it for a long time. Um, probably when I, uh, right around the time that I started my business, I think a lot more of that side of me has been reemerging and I've been re- rediscovering my love for mm. that particular genre of music. Um, and I'm bringing my more of myself to the table as opposed to, and like rediscovering, you know, a lot of these things, um, that I liked and trying to find other people that birds of a feather, right. Trying to find these other people that are of a similar mindset. And I've connected with a a lot of actually women drummers, which I'm super excited about. That's amazing. Yeah. Shout out to our friend, Billy. Yeah. Billy's a drummer. Uh, Oh my God, she's incredible. Well, I knew she was in band, uh, you know, and did all that. I had no idea she was a drummer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. We've been, yeah. I was getting lots of advice for a new new throne from her and oh yeah. Uh, well, now I think I know what I'm going to talk to Billy about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's so eclectic. She's got so many different amazing does, yeah. interests, but um so nowadays it's, it's, it's still, I still go to the, to the electronic house trance music for work, for deep mm. thought work where mm-hmm. I can't have lyrics. Uh, Cause it gives me that drum beat. It gives me the energy. It gives me the motivation and the focus that I need to be able to knock a bunch of stuff out um, quickly and think through things. Um, but, you know, like driving up here, I was like, well, of course I have to prepare, right? I have to get into the mindset. Uh, So I was definitely listening to, so here's the sign of the times, right? I was definitely listening to the heavy metal, you know, playlist on Spotify (laughs) 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 on the car ride up. So it's Tool, it was Pantera, it Mm. was Metallica, it was, you know, Tool is Tool is so amazing. Oh my gosh. Tool, when I, so I discovered Opiate. In 96, right? So it was right mm-hmm. like my senior year of college. And I was like, what is this? But then I lived in the same neighborhood um, in LA and would just like casually see them at, you know, oh, the well, House and of that's, so, or, yeah, Fred 62 or something. So here's, that's the thing about Tool is that they refused to put their faces on any of their music videos so they wouldn't yeah. be seen in public, like couldn't be recognized. Right. Yeah, and yeah. that was, that was as a fan, incredibly frustrating, mm-hmm. right? Like who are these guys, but also brilliant. Right. Cause they could just, they could just live the life and blend in and not have to worry right. about any of that stuff. And they, Oh God, they're just, right. Their music is amazing. And uh, yeah, right now I've just got nah, 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 just like, 
I've got it in my head. Yeah. So the car, the car is where you're listening to this music. Is that, is that often? The I would, which is, which is, you know, not heavily used during the pandemic. Um, so I've had to find other outlets, uh, but the drumming has definitely got me back into it. You know, playing a lot of that, listening to that, listening, having a much more focused listening, mm. uh, of the music to try to deconstruct it and really hear the drum lines a lot more. You know, I've always been, like I said earlier, I was a huge fan of, of, of Lars and, and how he played His stuff is so complex. Right. Um, but more attentive kinds of listening these days, as well mm. as just like, you know, just feeling, just feeling the music. And it's just such a, you know, multi-sensory experience. Right. right. So the car, um, you know, walking the dog, like this is such an, oh, this is so like old lady answers. Walking suburban the dog, answers. <laughs> at the grocery store. Yeah. Suburban old lady answers. Out in, at the grocery uh, store. Out in Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> I mean, that's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the vineyard. Don't right. see my family. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. And, oh, so, so flip this flip the dynamics between going back to what we're talking about being at home with our parents and you know not yeah. having the ability to really that's the way it is at home too with my kids right so it's like i'll put on we just got a new sonos we got a new tv we got a sonos soundbar and right. so the first thing i did was i played tool 46 and 2 that was the very first song that i played and of course i played it on you know their equivalent of 11 right blew the house down and the kids were like turn it down what are you listening to this you know i can't play my video games and um and i'm like no you are gonna listen to this music and you're gonna like it and it's gonna gonna be amazing you're gonna (laughs) feel it through the floors and they were they were definitely hugely resistant fast forward to well that wasn't the first time that i'd played that music for them i'd played it another time too right they knew i was big metallica fan they're like who's this metallica nonsense you have the t-shirts you have the you know, you always talk about metallic, you always talk about heavy metal, you talk about these different bands. Um, and they're not into it. My 15 year old is starting to listen to Beastie Boys and things like mm-hmm. that. But fast forward to Stranger Things. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when the season finale <laughs> of whatever season four or whatever it was, because I, I, I don't get a chance to watch TV with all the stuff going on in my life, but season four season finale comes out and all of a sudden the, 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 everything explodes with Metallica, you know, master of puppets. It's like yep. this and, and the whole Twitter and like all the, you know, 2022 social media platforms and the, every single thing is just exploding with all of this stuff around Metallica. And I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> right. Everyone's messaging me. Cause they, cause I've been, like I said, kind of weaving more of this person, like part of my personality into my day-to-day life. And more people know that this is the music I'm passionate about. And this is what I do. And I play the drums and the, and all these people are messaging me like, have you seen stranger things? And I'm like, no, a little bit with my kid, you know, my kids are starting to watch it. So then finally, my, my two older ones see the season finale. And then like that, I'm the coolest mom on nice. the planet. Nice. 
Nice. And suddenly they are super into everything, you know, heavy metal, Metallica, and they want to know more. And yeah. That's it's amazing. Fascinating how That's pop culture amazing. has done that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's like their own MTV now. Like it's yeah. just a different thing. It hits them yeah. probably in the same way, but just. Uh, yeah, that's brilliant. Well, and they've, I, and Metallica's made a huge resurgence, right? They're on tour yeah. all the time now. And they're, they have, uh, ads about and... their own app to make music. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've seen mm -hmm. these I've things. Seen those. Yep. Yep. It's only yep. guitar though right now. So I know. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I haven't joined that. Once, if Lars starts teaching something, I'm all over that. I'm like, cool. I'll just be like, take all my money. I don't yeah. care. Just take it all. <laughs> Come Jeez. to my house and teach me. I don't care. Just like take all my money. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah. I have one last question. And it might be a hard one. Top five songs of all time. Um, top five songs. Okay, so definitely number one is Master Puppets. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, there's so many to pick from. If I, I can, I mean, I could do it off the, I could do cuff, it really off easily. the cuff. Yeah. Off and the that, cuff with just Metallica songs, right? Yeah. So there's like, um, Bread Fan, Kill 'em All, Ride the Lightning. That's four. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Enter Sandman. Those are all of some of my, those are some yeah. of my favorites. Beyond that, um, I can't remember. There's a couple of Disturbed songs that I really love. And then mm. 46 and 2 from Tool. There's a, Anthrax has a bunch of songs that yeah, I really yeah. love. So, so I would stick with the first five that I listed, listed from old school, old school Metallica. Brilliant. So those are the five that now post stranger things. You got to get the five. If you've never listened to bread fan and you want to like, you want to kick in the pants of energy. It's just yeah, so full of it. So full yeah. of energy. Yeah. It's Put really some headphones great. on, close your yeah. eyes. Garage days re-revisited too. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Oh my gosh, my friend. I'm so glad that you came up to so Vermont, to this little place that we finally got I have to the meet. most epic view. I mean, it's too bad this is an audio only channel, but I well, have the most epic view of a silo and, and you know. Yeah, it's, it's video. Only, it's video too, but we're only <laughs> seeing each other. Um, right. But yeah, somehow I, if I can convince everybody to come up to Vermont and, and hang out at our little place. Um, we need I'm to, so like, glad have some that sort we of event this. that we get, you know, you get people up. Well, yeah, and you've been mentioning that for a while. That uh, mm -hmm. that's a that's a thing that I think probably needs to happen. And but I, I'm so grateful. I can't tell you how much this has lifted me up. Um, oh. uh, that just to finally get to meet it's you fun. and know that you're so close. And so close. So next, I just have to come down and have lunch with you. Um, yeah, bring the, the kids. Chat. We can go like walk around the North End in Boston too, and brilliant. Eat some, eat some Mike's pastry, and go yeah, see yeah. the Paul Revere house and right. Stuff. Oh, my kids are, they're all about that stuff. Uh, Let's do it, man. All my, okay. be great. Brilliant, my friend. <laughs> Um, we're going to go get some pears. Uh, let's do it yeah, right off the tree outside. Yeah, you're going to grab some pears and take them home. Uh, but thanks so thank much for hanging so out. Much. No, thank you for having me. This has been super fun. Yeah. Brad. I'm glad I did it. Okay. I'm glad I came up. Me too.